0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good whatever it is, wherever you are, and welcome to the Help Sheffield Help podcast episode something. Um, As per usual with these things, we've got an interview this week, and we've got Ant, who's going to introduce himself, because he doesn't believe that I can pronounce his surname correctly, so I'm going to let him do that job for you, you, rather than me try and do it and make a mess of it. So Ant, welcome, and happy new year. And I'll let you introduce yourself, Ant. Who are you and where are you from?
1: Hiya, you alright Elf? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Anthony Alessende, um, I'm from Sheffield and I do a lot of work with young people around serious youth violence.
0: So what did you do specifically, how did you start and uh, what's sort so, of your journey So, been?
1: So Yeah, my journey is I was um, involved in quite a lot of, we call, I call it badness, I call it bad badness, stuff that you shouldn't do, stuff that you know you shouldn't do but for whatever reason I thought I would do it you know got into all sorts of stuff and I decided it wasn't it wasn't for me I didn't like it you know I think the the turning point was me was me being brave enough to understand my own feelings and my own emotions and you know not doing something just because everybody else is you know you've got to be you've got to have the courage. You know, you got to have the confidence to step up and say, look, I want to be different. And I was different. I was engaging in things, engaging in things that, you know, dangerous, very dangerous, very, very much illegal. And it weren't the one, it weren't the one, you know, so like I said, I decided to be the one to make a difference to my life and and change the path and create my own future instead of um, living a future that, you know, living a life that was given to me.
0: Was there a turning point in your previous life that you suddenly went, right, not for me? Was there any incident or?
1: Do you know what? No. And I've seen, I like, I was, I first saw someone get killed when I was 16, stabbed to death. Funnily, it's not funny, funny, is it? But funnily enough, it, it, they got murdered via, via knife crime. When I was 16, I'm 34 now. You know, that, that didn't budge me. I saw people get shot up guns pulled out, being shot out, that didn't shock me, what, what, it made me cringe, like I'd go and pick my, my son up from nursery, like, real gold chains around my neck, like Mr T, and people would be asking me like, well, what's your job? And obviously, like, come on, like <laughs> you, know, it it, you know, it just reeked of it. And I just thought, you know what? I'm not setting a good example for for my for my son, you know, for my daughter, for young people in general. Like this, it's not a good thing. It's not a good, you know, it might I might look good with 50 chains hanging around my neck, but all of this stuff behind that kind of material really wasn't worth it. And I just thought, you know what? I want to be someone, like, good. So when someone asks what I do, my kids can be proud, say, oh, my dad does, you know, or he does a lot of youth work or my dad owns a business. I just wanted to, like, make my kids proud. And, and yeah, at that point, I just thought this is this is not the one for me. I want to be positive, and I want you know to have a positive effect on my my ch- my children's lives.
0: So, how long ago did the new you come into um, being?
1: New you? I'm still working on that. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm all right. Do you know what? And I, you know, people think that you know I'm still, I'm still, you know, can I can say not struggling, but you know, I'm still learning how to cope with things it's a very it's a very different world i'd say i'd say i'm 10 years deep now a decade Yeah, about 24 i decided to change so yeah 10 10 years um this year so yeah it's been 10 years and it's a journey you know things are different um you know the way you look at things are different it's you know things are handled different and how regulate my emotions I now know empathy I know to to try and help people you know but yeah I'll say 10 years now and I'm still developing you know I watch loads of podcasts read read books when I can gear myself up to read them just to become a better person in every opportunity try and help somebody somebody out especially those people that felt that they have you know that feel that they have to go down a certain route because of where they lived or or the religion or the colour of the skin or, or anything like that. You know, I'm just here to try and tell people that, like, it, it's your future. Like, it's actually your future bespoke to you. Therefore, a stereotypical future doesn't exist. You know, it's just yeah. a thing created for you to try and go down that avenue of, of whatever it might be.
0: So did you start this new journey... Off your own back and by yourself, or you've had someone mentor you through. Have you been big influence? Who's been your big influencers of thinking? Right, let's work. You on You know this? my big
1: influences. I've always, you know what, like ever since I was little, I always wanted someone to take me under the wing. Like, but you've got to understand, I'm I'm a big guy. Like now, I'm six foot four. Do you know what I mean? Twenty, probably twenty four stone. Now, nah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> big up, <laughs> big up, Christmas. Um, but yes, yeah, so I've all I always wanted someone to take me under the wing and look after me, you know. But every time, you know, I grew close, whether it was like someone that was older than me or, you know, someone was in a relationship with my family and I, you know, I, I would have liked the male to show me the ropes. I always ended up in conflict with him, always. And it wasn't for the one of trying, I wanted someone to take me under the wing and make me feel safe. But it never happened. So I think that's why I'm such a pain in the arse now because... You know, when I needed someone there, nobody was there for me. So I had to just book up or shut up and I decided to book up. And yeah, but I think my, my big inspiration, it, com- it comes from young people. Like me knowing what I know now, that is my inspiration. Because if some of these young people knew some of the things that I know now, by the time they get to... 20, 21, twenty one. They'll have their life planned out. They'll be very successful. They'll be helping others. They'll they'll be smashing. They'll be smashing life. And I think that's what gets me excited. Knowing that you know I could give something to somebody else for them to flourish. And then I only ask one thing, and that thing is like, look, I do a lot of my work for free. So in return, I want you to do something for somebody else for free, and ask the same in return. You know, it's like, a, is it a something paid favor or something? And that's how I work. Like. I, you know, as as I've progressed and as I've changed and as I've understood how my mind works, the one thing I don't want to do is die and be forgotten. Like I busted my ass off changing as a person, trying to help other people. If I was to die tomorrow and the stuff that I try and teach other people was forgotten, I'd be turning in my grave. I'd become a I'd become a new like scary film and haunt people and stuff. <laughs>
0: Best get your name out there. So what, so what projects are you doing um, that you can tell us about? That what's, I, I know some of it, but I'd like you to tell the lovely listeners what's, um, what you've got going on.
1: Project-wise, my thing is education, 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 education. Until you know, you don't know. You don't know something's wrong until you're taught it's wrong. You know, you don't know something right until it's proven. So for me, it's education is a very big thing. So the first thing, um, I go into schools and I do talks, um, sometimes solely around knife crime or gang culture. Other times, it's more of a mentoring role where I break down with the young person, you know, their aggression or conflict management. You know, I get to know these young people and, and allow them to see... Where they're making the mistakes. Um, as that's progressed, and I realized I needed more time, I'm op- I've just opened it open this week actually an alternative provision. That's for young people that are at risk of getting excluded or expelled. They'll come down to my place, which is um, on Salve at Salve um, for three days a week, and then we'll go through that kind of mindset stuff. Um, understanding the mindset, giving them a winning mindset, um, how to be successful, the importance of, I don't know, all sorts, planning your future. Again, we look at conflict management. We look at um, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, education-wise, that's what I do. I've also got the weapons bins, which there are eight out in South Yorkshire, which I'm absolutely um, ecstatic about. You know, I remember when I just had one and it was just getting one to two knives um, a month at a push. And now the the weapons, we, we get quite a lot of weapons through them, which is good. Another prevention. Um, the weapons bins, for me, they're an option. You know, you can't do something unless you have an option. So if somebody is carrying a knife for whatever reason, you know, there's no excuse for carrying a knife or a weapon. But if they've not got an option to get rid of that knife, then they've got no reason to get rid of it. So the bins are there as an option. Like right? Someone might take the option to use the weapons bin or they might not, but they 100% will not use it, Use the weapons bin and 100% will not get rid of that weapon if there was not a weapons bin there for them to do it safely. So we've got that one. And then, I'm quite busy, aren't I? <laughs> um,
0: Sounds like it.
1: And then we've got the exhibition, the Cutting Edge Knife Crime Awareness Exhibition, the first in the United Kingdom. So... I've heard a few rumours. I've heard that when I collect these weapons off the streets, I've got a secret hall, a bit like, I don't know, James Bond, where I've all okay. these weapons. <laughs> where I've got all these weapons, you know, set out very pretty for me to go on secret agent missions. But unfortunately, that's not the truth. I'm very very boring and I'm not that agile so I won't be very good. as as a secret agent (laughs) and I'm not quiet and I stick out so yeah but yeah all the weapons I've ever collected people will find out where they are if they go to the exhibition it's it's on the 12th of um, February at Exchange Street Um, all the weapons I've ever collected through the four years I've been doing it have been made into a beautiful little sculpture it's not little called uh, Tree of Opportunity so yeah every single weapon is in that Masterpiece right there.
0: did you create the masterpiece or someone done that for you?
1: No, I'm a man of many talents, but messing <laughs> around with <laughs> nah, it wasn't me and I not me. um it was a guy called Jason Heppenstall from Hepo art. um you will have seen his work at the train station, that big massive fish. oh yeah, um, that's he did that. so I commissioned um jason you know i, I approached him um I've, i have had you know it's, it's all self-funded my work so i approached him like look i'd like you to make something beautiful with with all these you should have seen his face when i pulled up with a big massive bag full of knives <laughs> um, but yeah he did it and it's absolutely brilliant and i only asked one thing of him and that was do not make it look like it's made by knives. don't okay. i don't want it to, i don't want people to look at it and see um knives see the weapons there are a few weapons at the bottom but you'll see that if you see the thing but yeah and and that's because the you know the research is very very in the early stages of understanding the brain and how it works will you see 300 weapons fully intact trigger some sort of emotion or trigger something inside you to make you want to pick up a knife because you think you might get stabbed all of a sudden. We don't know. The the research is not that deep yet. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to play it careful because the last thing I want to do is, is have something bad come about something good because then it wasn't, there was no point in doing it. So that's why I asked him just to make sure it didn't, didn't look like an actual knife and it promoted growth and positivity because i believe that's the mindset we need to tackle this this youth violence you know because it, it, it is very bad but we need we need to understand growth and we need to understand positivity and and work with young people to make it better so yeah that's me in a nutshell
0: you've also got a book i have bought the book i've told you before that i've not read the book but i'll get there one day um where can people get your book from what's it about
1: My book, One Knife, Many Lives, it's a, do you know what, do you know what, I love, I love doing it, I love writing (laughs) it, 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 I I do, even though when, when I read a book, I can't read a book, like I said, it takes me like two or three weeks to gear myself up to read, but I think that's because I'm dyslexic, so that's where the issues come from, but yeah, my book, um, One Knife, Many Lives, it's basically about a young person that's, in a position where I can see a lot of young people being in and he made a decision. Unfortunately, that decision was the wrong decision. And the book goes through how that one second of making that one decision has an effect on him, his family, his community. Um, Also, I had in there other subjects such as substance misuse and um, domestic abuse. So the book is very, I don't know... It tackles quite a lot of topics. Um, the text inside is I f- I think the font's Veranda. I'm not 100 percent sure but I did um I did a, a study like a little survey to people with reading difficulties such as dyslexia to find out which font they found the best. Um, and they found that this one that I've used was the best because of the space in between the letters. okay so I went and did that. Um, even the the paper itself, I you know it's a bit weird because don't you think, like, books, all books smell funny? They used to taste funny as well. And that's why I <laughs> used to hate reading. I'd smell the book and I'd, I'd like, flick, and I'd be like, no, no, no. So I thought to myself, how can I promote, a, like, a, a positive read and, a, a, you know, a nice, easy read? And I thought to myself, well, a magazine. So when I got the book printed, I specifically asked for the printer to use glossy paper like a magazine so it promotes, like, a fun read, you know, not an in in-depth Tear, tear, I mean, tear your soul out kind of read so yeah I went into all sorts of things to try and make that book appealing and it's selling but it's selling slow I think I've got about 500 left
0: well hopefully someone will listen to the podcast and um, purchase a few more about um, 500 yes well you never know dear. who knows who knows where these things lead I think sometimes people listen to things like this and just go oh I'll like to get in touch with that man and see what we can do and um, who knows if you name mm-hmm. if they, once someone knows about you all sorts of weird things kick off yeah. I, I had a conversation in a pub about starting a Twitter account and here I am nearly 10 years later doing this <laughs> I know your Twitter's busy your Twitter's like
1: how many followers have you got at the minute
0: um, 25 and a bit thousand mm-hmm.
1: What, so, so what does that mean that you're famous basically
0: i once met some i met someone about two years ago and they were, i've never seen someone so excited to meet me <laughs> i'm just like this is really sad i just pressed some <laughs> buttons on a phone mate it's not difficult but yeah it have got really giddy um so wh- where, where can people find you then ant where you on social media all over it aren't you which ones can they find you on and what uh, are your handles and the like
1: you can find me on instagram at Ants Journey, Twitter, at Ants Journey, Ants with a Z, because I like to be different. Um, Facebook, Big Ant. Uh, yeah, that's it, really. Oh, I forgot one more thing as well.
0: What's that? I've got a
1: very, very special project, which, okay. which Sheffield can help me with. Teaching. Oh, right. Yep, go so to I it. think <laughs> I've given Sheffield my heart and soul. It's my city and I love it to bits. So, you know... When I work with a lot of people and a lot of young people and a lot of adults, the trend is that young people need somewhere to go because there's nowhere for them to go. That's why they're causing mayhem and getting involved in whatever they're getting involved in. Yep. So I'm on the mission this year to raise, I think I put down £20,000 to get a mobile youth club. So oh, yeah. what I want to do is get like a minibus and do it out with a place for him to talk if they need to talk, um, DJ equipment, music producing equipment, um, sports, fill it up with sports equipment, um, a place for him to do homework and go to different areas around Sheffield and engage with people in those areas. Um, the, The plan, the ultimate aim is I'd have myself there and I'd have other professionals, a bit like the Avengers. So it's not just for <laughs> knife crime, yeah. it's for anything. So I might have someone that does sexual education. I might have someone that does substance misuse. I might have someone that supports domestic domestic violence. So it'll be us going around different areas, hitting the topics that affect young people the most. So when once we're in the area, I then want to work with people within the area to get them the qualifications to run their own youth club. So before we leave that area, we'll have set a, a group of people, a permanent youth club in the area before we then move to the next area. That's the plan. And it will work because, um, yeah, I said so. <laughs>
0: That's as good as answer as any. We don't need anything That's else. That's all you need. Yep. That's all you need. Ant says, therefore it will be. 100%. Yeah, I don't, until I'm not doubting you
1: until it doesn't work. Then it's your, it's your own fault. That's you. You've
0: got to take some accountability. <laughs> You've said it now, it's down in audio. That's so, it um, I'm done for now. I'd say yeah,
1: that's it. Or, I hope I don't get sued.
0: <laughs> I don't think you can get sued for um, having a positive mission. I think it sounds great. Um, well, is thank that on? You, a, is you. that are you doing that as a crowdfunder? How you, how you,
1: so we've got, yeah, I think it's a. He said, go, go fund me. That's all. Yep. I think at the minute we've got 300, £350 pounds in there. But obviously when I when I go to schools and I do talks, I charge. But I don't take a wage for none of the work I do. It all goes back. 100% of it goes back into it. So I think with the with some of the stuff that I've done um, and charged for, I think we're at nearly we're nearly at £3,000. So okay. it's getting there slowly and surely. But I think that this is what Sheffield needs. You know, we need to... Get back um, engaging with young people. We need to get that community spirit back because it, you know, it, I don't know. It's like deteriorating. And you know, before when I was younger, like I'd remember, like, I'd know unit, I'd know my neighbour, and if I were going to shop, I'd ask my neighbour if they wanted, a, you know, anything from shop. But now I don't know. It's like people live in their own house and they're not really bothered about, you know, next door or whatever. But yeah, I think that we need that mobile youth club.
0: I think it varies from place to place. I think there's a lot of um, sort of preconceived ideas. I lived sort of, um, I grew up in Woodhouse, um, oh, yeah. which is not famous for its um, social delights. Um, and now I am living
1: oh, yeah, in yeah, yeah, Woodhouse. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I, I did not. I went far away, but not exactly, no. Um, but now I live in lovely, leafy nether edge and, I can, and everyone thinks, oh, that's really nice up there. But I can see where there's lots of similarities that people don't recognise, both positive and negative. And you're just like, it's not all painted beautifully in the same way. We, we've had, I don't know, four or five shootings in nether edge in the last year or something. And everyone's was like, oh, did you realise that happened? But yeah. know,
1: yeah, it's mad, isn't it? That again, like violence throughout Sheffield. It's just absolutely, but you know what? I, it's like nothing gets done about it. There's been a shooting. Okay, uh, you look in the papers, wait to see if anyone's been arrested, and then it's just like I forgot about. <laughs> like, I think there's.
0: Got... <laughs> I think who was it? Um, I presume, have you spoken to Mum's United? They do a lot of work. Yeah, around yeah, here. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know of Mum's United.
0: Yeah, so they do a lot of work around here. I know that. I think what you what you're doing is to me. I'm not an expert by any means. Um, sounds right. Trying to get to it before it starts. Making giving people things to do that aren't. Yeah. naughtiness um i think once you've got into naughtiness it is unless apart from your journey it's quite difficult to get out of um, yeah because
1: it, it becomes a life it becomes you know until you've been on that 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 road and that lifestyle you'll never understand Yeah, like you won't understand it it's like a bubble it's like a, it's own community within its community and because everybody else is doing stuff that they shouldn't it's normal as yeah. soon as you step out i remember once when i like when i first started working my first job were at Jack Fulton's, um, stacking shelves. I used to get terrorized for that. People that I knew from the past life would see me walking past, and they'd come in and take the mick out of me. Oh, look at you working here, blah blah blah. Anyway, I remember when I was working there once, and um, I went out the night before, and there was a shooting. And um, when I went, I, I went to to work the next day, and you know, in the staff room, people were having a little gossip. What oh, did you hear? You know what happened the other night? I was like, yeah, 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 I was there people looked at me in a certain way, like I actually did the shooting. I was like, oh, I didn't do the shooting, <laughs> but, you know, I was there. And it, and it was those kind of reactions that, you know, it kind of like installs that fact that what you're doing, even though it might seem normal to you because you've been brought up around it on a wider scale of things, it's not normal and it's, it's, it's wrong, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult to get your head around if you've not had those issues. Like you said, trying to tackle the things that feed into that is mm. vital. I'll, I'll tell you something after we finish the recording about what I do at the moment. Um, I'll have a little chat with you about that. Is there anything else you want to add, Ant? I think that's um, is that everything covered? Right. Yeah, in? I
1: think I've talked about everything. Um, a pleasure. I thank you for inviting me. There no um, was. When I saw that you were doing podcasts and stuff I was on it, I see you doing a lot of work, and I think I think it's you know things like your Twitter and stuff that actually help Sheffield you give people that don't really have a voice, you give them a voice and a chance to get heard, and I think that's vital because t- far too far too many times people feel that they're not being heard, and then that makes them get angry and you know and get resentful and stuff like that, but you're giving some like the smaller people a voice I think it's
0: brilliant thank you very much um no that's uh, lovely i might do a little cry Sorry. right <laughs> right i'm going to call that at the end and um we'll publish that onto the old internet web when i get around to doing any editing um but you spoke okay. beautifully throughout so hopefully i don't have to do much of that it's all me normally Me um, um sounding like boris johnson all the way through so um i have to stop doing that but um Thank you very much, Ant, and just no, stay absolutely. on, and we'll um, have a chat about something else I was going to think of. Oh. And that's it, listeners, and that was episode some or other. We're getting towards 40, I'm not sure exactly, but Oof. that'll be on the internet sometime soon. Thank you very much. Over and out. Bye.